if the dough is too easy to work with, it's probably has too much flour in it, right? It's like gnocchi, right? When you're making gnocchi and you're like, wow, this is easy to roll out, uh, it's probably because there's too much flour in it. Same with the dough. Um, you know, but chefs like to complicate it and, and talk about, you know, hydration ratios and fermentation time. Really, it's about how much water you put in the dough and how long you let it rise. There have been a lot of books written about how to make pizza, many of them designed for the professional. But a new book is out that's geared toward the home cook. The chef behind it, a Philly native who's made Miami his home, the city where he's known for his genuine hospitality, where he's also got a handful of restaurants, including three dedicated to pizza. The Michael Schwartz story, straight ahead. I need a deep dish sausage and a thin pepperoni for here. This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind some of the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Dolinsky, author of Pizza City USA and founder of Pizza City USA Tours in Chicago. And welcome to another edition of Pizza City USA, everybody. Uh, great to have you with us. We are heading to well, we're heading to Miami today via Chicago because this week's guest, uh, who's known for his Miami restaurants, Michael Schwartz, uh, he's got the Genuine Hospitality Group, about a half dozen different projects out there: Ella, Amara at Paraiso. He's got Michael Schwartz Catering, of course. Michael's Genuine Food and Drink is the name of the restaurant. If you're ever in Miami, boy, if you're on the way to the airport, if you're going, you know, over the causeway, highly recommend stopping in the design district uh, for lunch or dinner. Um, he's also got a location in Cleveland, which I didn't realize until I looked at his website. So Miami or Cleveland, um, another place called Tiger Tail and Mary. But we're talking about pizza today. So he's got, he started with Harry's Pizza, which started in the design district. Uh, but they're now, they've changed the name to Genuine Pizza. That's more aligned with their brand. And he's got uh, Harry's Pizzeria in Coconut Grove. He's got another one in the Design District. And then Aventura Mall, uh, which is pretty far north uh, of Miami Beach, uh, as I recall. And then he's uh, next year he's got one opening up in Miami Beach. So it looks like the Genuine Pizza is kind of his brand now. Um, but he's also got a brand new book out uh, called Genuine Pizza. And I caught up with Michael. He was in Chicago recently doing a pop-up, kind of a, a takeover, if you will, of the ovens or one of the ovens at Pacific Standard Time. This is one of the restaurants from the one-off hospitality group, uh, Avec, Publican, Blackbird, etc., on and on. And uh, Erling Wu Bauer is executive chef over at Pacific Standard Time and was uh, kind enough to give up one of his ovens for the night. And the staff there helped prep the dough and they helped get ready for this one evening. Uh, Michael was, was just in Chicago really briefly. And so I wanted to talk to him about all things pizza. I know he's from Philadelphia. Uh, he did not grow up with great pizza, believe it or not, uh, as you're going to hear in the interview. Uh, but he really took to pizza later in life, well after he established his restaurant group in Miami. And so we caught up uh, recently here at Pacific Standard Time in Chicago. And the first thing I asked him was about his childhood memories of pizza. So you grew up in Philadelphia eating shitty pizza, from my understanding. That's right. but wasn't, wasn't there Tacanelli's? There was Tacanelli's, but I wasn't exposed to that for some reason. I'm angry about it. Yeah, it's an issue with my with my mom right now. My dad passed away, but I could I could guilt my mom for uh, me growing up on shitty Ilios pizza. And it was like the giant twenty inch pies, sort of in the reheated slices, like in New York. 
Uh, the whole pies. Which ones? The the shitty. Yeah, the ones pies? you were having as a kid. No, they were like little freezer. I don't know, like little square freezer. I, yeah, no, no big. No. So like a step up from Stouffer's or yeah. or, or yeah. Stouffer's is a good one. Pizza bread was another good one, right? Like French bread with yep. the sauce and cheese. Okay, so your childhood not great, not these sort of glorious no. memories. No, I, I mean for me really, I didn't. I wasn't exposed to good pizza until, you know, until I went to work for Wolfgang really, and then spent a little bit of time at Spago, in L.A. And then actually learned how to make pizza at Spago in Tokyo. I think I talk about that in the book. There's a great story how you kind of faked it and you're in Tokyo. You went to Spago the night before your event. You were supposed to talk about pizza and you sort of crib notes. Yeah. and Yeah, it was, a, it was. so I got hired as a consultant, which is pretty funny. Like I was a kid that didn't really know anything. I think I've been cooking for five or six years. Hired as a consultant to open a, a American-style restaurant outside of uh, Tokyo in Kawasaki. And then when I got there, they're like, oh, we want pizza. And I'm like, I don't know how to make pizza. But I knew the chef at Spago in Tokyo, and I went there, and he gave me a crash course. And that same day, I went and taught the team how to make pizza. So that was a, that was a, a great memory for me. But that was sort of when I really started to think about pizza. When you got to Miami and opened Michael's Genuine, there was no pizza there. No, no pizza in your life professionally at that point, right? Um... What year was that, by the way, when you opened Michael Genuine? So it was 90, uh, so it was 2007. So we just celebrated 12 years. Mazel tov. Uh, thank you. And so, yeah, I'm trying to think. That was the first uh, professional pizza situation was Michael's Genuine. Okay. Yeah. And so uh, were you, I mean, tell me about that process. Were you tinkering a lot? Were you going with what you remembered from Spago? Or? Mm, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think the dough in the beginning there was Wolfgang's recipe. A little bit of honey, olive oil, pretty simple recipe. Um, but at that point, we were like, we were using a rolling pin to roll out the dough, and pizza was a very small part of the bigger picture at Michael's Genuine. There was a big menu, and there was always two or three pizzas. Um, and then from there, you know, we, we took a space near Michael's Genuine when there was an opportunity with a pizza restaurant that closed. And I remember they had the same wood oven as we had at Michael's Genuine. We took it, and then that's what, and so then we copied and pasted this sort of part of Michael's Genuine that people seemed to like, the pizza. And then from there, we started really tinkering with the dough. And, and it was really the result of us hosting a bunch of chefs that did uh, pop-up takeovers at the pizzeria. We sold one a month, and we think we did about 35 of them. And so once a month, a chef would come, and he, he would do a, uh, you know, a restaurant takeover that would feature pizza as part of a big dinner. And some of those chefs used our dough, but a, many of them came and made their own dough. And so we would, we would get to see other people's dough and their techniques. And so we started to incorporate it into, our, into ours. And then it evolved into this, into what it is right now. But there is no universal recipe because, as you know, because like you live on the East Coast, you worked on the West Coast, you're now in Miami. Ambient, there's time and temperature, of course, are ingredients. Right. But the, this ambient temperature is always tricky. Yeah. You know, Miami versus, like, we're in Chicago right now talking. Yeah. So that affects your recipe. I think it does. I think more so in the fermentation time. Right, like I don't believe that the atmosphere has enough of an impact on like hydration. 
it's always just about fermentation. So is it colder, it's gonna take more time to rise. Is it too hot, it's gonna rise a little bit quicker. Those are the variables. But I think, you know, people dial down on this shit and talk about like, you know, the water quality. The water temperature has a, has a, has a, an impact for sure. But, um, so yeah, you know, it's a living, breathing thing. How would you describe your pizza in Miami at, at was it Harry's or at Genuine Pizza? Yeah, and and, it, and at all of our restaurants, the dough recipe is the same. Okay. Um, Always wood-fired oven? So no, some of the Harry's have wood, some of them have gas. In fact, one of them, the one that Blair works best with is a rotating oven, which we love. And I think the, result, the results are great. So the gas-fired stone hearth deck uh, but it's a rotating oven. I think it takes some of the guesswork out. Um, a lot of guesswork out. If with a fire, you got to know what the hell you're doing. Well, yeah, the, the guy that forgets to put a log in, and then we call it temperature surfing, and it's too it's too low, and the pizza takes longer, and it gets tougher, and so it takes a lot of the guesswork out. And I think it makes a better, more consistent pie, personally. And I think when a pizza's in the oven for 90 seconds or two minutes, it's not like it's imparting a lot of wood smoke flavor. Agreed. So, uh, but I, we would describe it as sort of a hybrid dough. It's not a Neapolitan, uh, it's not New York style, but somewhere in between. I think with the, you know, we use some weird shit. There's honey, there's beer, and there's a little bit of whole wheat. So I think there's a little bit more uh, earthiness to the dough. So you like honey because that's sugar essentially and it will help caramelization and sort of even browning? It does, but then we'll have to, you know, so we bake at, you know, 675, 700. Uh, anything hotter than that, it'll burn. So, uh, yeah, the honey gives it some flavor. And for me, that was a Wolfgang thing that just stuck. Uh, I think beer was like a Waxman thing when he came once and he put beer in. We're like, oh, that's cool. So it just developed over time. But I think, you know, all of the components, I think that we settled on, uh, on King Arthur special patent flour, which is a little bit higher in protein, lower in ash, 10% um, whole wheat, anything more, you know, sort of gives it some toughness and, and heaviness. So I, don't, it's, I, I think it's in a good spot right now. We're happy with it. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk more about your book, Genuine Pizza, because that's why we're here tonight. Uh, we're talking with Michael Schwartz from Miami, Florida, and we're also going to preview some scenes from our next show coming up in two weeks, so stay with us. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We're talking with Michael Schwartz today from, of course, Miami. Michael's Genuine, um, Harry's Genuine Pizza. His brand new book is called Genuine Pizza, Better Pizza at Home. Uh, we're here talking at Pacific Standard Time in Chicago because you're doing kind of a, a pop-up tonight, right? Yeah, a little pizza takeover. Pizza takeover. Okay. Well, we took o yeah, we took over one of the ovens, six pies tonight. Is, is, it a little, is it a little tricky on the road like this in a field? Not a field kitchen necessarily, but you're on the road far from home. Yeah, it depends on your hosts. And their and their ability and their you know and their and their quality of work really. I mean, they closely read the instructions you sent them. Well, you know, sometimes you got to wonder if the instructions are clear enough, or the people don't read them well. And it's no different than sort of reading a recipe when for a home cook. Oftentimes, people won't read the recipe and say the recipe doesn't work. Right, well, I'm glad you said home cook. So the book is a lot about how to do these pizzas at home. Let's talk about, uh, well, first of all, tools. I was really surprised to learn, and I'm now i got to go to the store or go to on Amazon, I need two pizza peels. I thought one peel was enough. 
and you're saying wood and steel. Would yeah. to get it started? No. Yeah, I don't know. I, you, you know, you don't. <laughs> Somebody really... else wrote the book, Michael. Yeah, no, no. I was very involved yeah. in the book, but but I would say, you don't need to. Um, but I hate dipping the wood one in there to take the pizza out, and I hate using steel to put the pizza in. Okay. So if that makes any sense. Well, they're not that expensive, but yeah. you're, you're saying start on the wood, get it into the oven onto the deck, yeah. the stone deck. That's right. And then pull it out with the steel. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And you got to have a um, stone, pizza stone. I think that. I think it makes a huge difference, although now I think there's so many uh, home appliances, countertop pizza ovens that are just superior to the stone. For me, like the last resort is your stove oven, you know, with a pizza stone. That's like the, the worst scenario. I think better are like even gas grills that you could put a stone in or just tabletop um, pizza ovens that get super hot right because your home oven maybe five that's about Never it hot enough Never and hot I think enough. and that's a that's a real key I think to to get in that you know sort of spotty poofy chewy wispy crust and you don't need 900 degrees it's not necessarily Neapolitan nope. baking but you need at least 650 Six, or so 650 yeah for us that's a sweet spot 650 anything else tool wise I've mentioned stones and peels um, I know brand scrapers and you know, but what else? Like you really, if you want to make pizza at home, uh, delis, uh, you know, containers to keep the dough in. Sure. I mean, you don't really need any of that stuff. You could put the dough on a plate to to ferment in the fridge. Um, you know, scale. Yeah, scale's pretty important. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right, scale. Pizza cutter. Yeah, pizza cutter. Yeah, bench scrape. Sure, there's some stuff you need. But I would imagine anyone that's undertaking pizza making at home, you know, most of those things you would have. I think the peel and the stone are the, are the variables, right? And then when you're looking at your dough, you say in this book, you really need to, it's got to be tacky and sticky and wet. Yeah, yeah. I, and, uh, you know, that's sort of like, if the dough is too easy to work with, it's probably has too much flour in it, right? It's like gnocchi. Right, when you're making gnocchi and you're like, wow, this is easy to roll out, uh, it's probably because there's too much flour in it. Same with the dough. Um, you know, but chefs like to complicate it and, and talk about you know, hydration ratios and fermentation time. Really, it's about how much water you put in the dough and how long you let it rise. Well, you know, a lot of the geeks will say, like, you know, what, uh, what's your hydration level, man? Oh, 68%, right. 70%? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's hysterical. You know, and that's intimidating for home cooks. I mean, you can geek out on it if you want. And this book is really for, for people at home not to be intimidated and encourage them to have small victories at home with following a recipe and having pretty good results. So. You say a roller is okay sometimes, but my understanding is if you let it ferment for two days plus, you're building up all that beautiful carbon dioxide. You don't want to push all the air out, right? You want right. to be gentle. Yeah, yeah, no. So we are, we we hand stretch all the time. I think early on we, we used a rolling pin, but no, you. I, I think that, that that's true. I mean, the, the shaping... Uh, the stretching process is, is pretty important. And we try not to get too technical in the book, because again, we don't want to really discourage people from making pizza at home, but, but that, is, that is a key, definitely. In, in some ways, tell me if I'm wrong, reminds good pizza making is sort of like Thai food in that there's a lot of prep, caramelizing onions, slow roasting vegetables, but the actual cooking goes pretty quickly. Yeah, super quick. And that's, you know, that's the most fun way of cooking anyway. I mean. For me, when you're making something like pizza at home, it's usually because you're having people over, and then you want to be present, 
And so, you know, the last thing you want to be doing is scrambling around, running around. And that goes for any meal, really. I think it's all about the preparation, the mise en place, and being prepared, you know, so. Do you have a pizza in here that you are particularly fond of? There's about 60 pages or so of pizzas. You know, the one that we're doing tonight I, I love is the, is, the, is the Bitter Greens pizza. So it's, I mean, it's, a, it's cool. Um, bechamel base with some Parmesan. There's a little bit of pepper relish. You know, uh, like a pepperonata mixed with vinegar and honey and black pepper. And then a shit ton of, um, of greens. In this case, I think it's dandelion, some mustard greens, frisee on top, and then bake that. And it gets, the, the greens get charred and the bechamel gets, you know, mixed with the Parmesan. It's uh, interesting. The pepperonata you're talking about kind of reminds me of a jardinier in some ways in Chicago. And we love jardinier on pizza. Yeah, li a little like that. I think the pepperonata is a little bit more cooked, so it's a little softer. You don't get that crunch in the jardinier, but yeah, that's a good one. Have you had bulk sauce, bulk fennel sausage in Chicago with jardinier on a thin crust on a tavern style pizza before? Uh, no. Got to do that before you leave town. So now you tell me. <laughs> All right, the book again is called Genuine Pizza. Uh, you got to go see Michael in Miami. Uh, he's got Michael's Genuine Food and Drink, but also Harry's, and your son Harry, of course, is here yep. in the name of that. Harry's Genuine Pizza, Amara, uh, L is our little cafe that was supposed to be a pop-up and four years later. And then our newest, uh, Tiger Tail and Mary in Coconut Grove. It's very uh, similar to Michael's Genuine in spirit, sort of like a new version of Michael's Genuine, lots of vegetables, vegetable forward. But different from Franco Stanzioni at Stanzioni 87, which is a pure Neapolitan place. Oh, yeah, the pizza's totally different. Yeah. Okay, last question. Uh, we ask everybody on the podcast, knowing what you know now about pizza, what would you tell yourself 10, 12 years ago before you really got into this big time about just how to be better, how to be more successful with pizza making? Open a burger joint. <laughs> I mean... You know, I, you, it, it, on one hand, pizza's super easy, right? You mix some stuff together, you let it rise, it's good. Like, there's no bad pizza. On the other hand, it's infuriatingly, uh, you know, complex and difficult and gives you fits. And, and it's hard to, you know, it's hard to scale. So I, I would say, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't realize the, the intricacies of, of particularly scaling a, a pizza dough recipe and a concept. All right, Michael Schwartz, thanks so much. Congrats on the book again. Thank you. And a big thanks again to Michael for taking some time from his uh, pizza takeover. It was literally during service, and so he had to step away from the oven uh, just to do the interview, so I really appreciate him taking some time. If you're, again, in Miami or Cleveland, check out uh, Michael's Genuine, but certainly the, the Genuine Pizza only available right now in Miami, uh, but the book is available everywhere, um, Amazon for sure. Okay, coming up in two weeks, we're going to talk with the Yoda of pizza dough. It wouldn't have to be wood-fired, but it would definitely have to be dome oven. However, the you know whether it's uh, whether it was it's gas-fired, which are some amazing ones now, or even electric domes. But the way the heat throws and cooking times and things like that, like the pizzas, as smart as it is doesn't really give a shit. Like for me, wood is always a romantic element and it does add some to it, but it's really the heat that makes it happen. I'll talk with the one and only Chris Bianco, whose latest project takes him to downtown LA, where he's partnered with the Zen Masters of Bread from Tartine in San Francisco. We'll talk expansion strategy and of course, pizza. That's in two weeks on September 13th. 
Remember to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and please review us if you would. We are at Pizza City USA on Instagram, but on Twitter it's at Pizza City Tours. And speaking of tours, be sure to take one the next time you're in Chicago. We've got three tours that run every weekend, um, at least through October. Uh, the bus tour runs year-round. More information about those and how to get my book at PizzaCityUSA.com. Or just yell at me at social media. Um, at Steve Delinsky. That's with an, a Y. Bureaucratic wrote and performed our theme song. And next time you're in Chicago, check out Revival Food Hall in the Loop. That's where Pat's Pizza currently selling its one-of-a-kind tavern style. They are there through the second week of September. Uh, beginning September 16th, Dante's takes over with its New York-style slices. That's going to be exciting, too. Thanks for listening, everybody. And remember, optimal bite ratio always. Always.